Yo, this is BJ Godore, and welcome to the first installment of Movie Time with C-Dubs. He's my buddy Chris Warren. He's a cinematographer based in L.A. He's worked with us at thedailybj.com before. He's also a good friend of mine. And what I'm trying to do now, moving forward with content, yes, fitness is the main thing. It always will be. But I want to start talking about things I'm passionate about that I enjoy. And some of the best episodes or conversations are going to be with friends. And why not bring a friend who's an expert in the space of movies and a friend of mine that I would love watching movies with. And, uh, you know, he's a member of thedailybj.com too. So I'd appreciate if you support this guy. Chris Warren, Instagram handle is CWDP112. And his website is quiz, quiz, <laughs> chriswarrendp.com. All links are in the show notes of this episode. If you enjoy it, we'll look to do it again. We can come back and review a bunch of different movies. Today, we're covering The Matrix. So this is a spoiler alert from the beginning here. If you haven't watched Matrix 1, 2, and 3, we're going to be talking about that today in prep for Matrix 4, which launches this upcoming week at the time of recording this episode. So we're trying to get you guys ready for it. One of the all-time movies, especially that first one, and, uh, you know, Chris is going to kind of give you the cinematic angle. I'm going to talk to you kind of as a fan. And uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Two buddies talking about movies. And you know what? Movies for me, you know, whether you grew up in a tough environment or not, it can be an escape. You're going through a challenging time in your life. Just escape. Watch a beautiful movie. Transport yourself to another reality. Entertain. And I learned so much from movies. Movies can be predictive of the future. There's no more predictive movie in my mind than The Matrix. You know, it was so ahead of its time, and I think you guys will enjoy this episode. And if you like it, we'll do it again. So please give my buddy Chris Warren a follow, CWDP112, ChrisWarrenDP.com. And I hope you enjoy this episode. First, a quick message from our sponsor. Athletic Greens. Nobody's greens are more athletic. Athletic Greens. Yo, this is BJ Gador. Get my go-to greens powder with five free travel packs plus a one-year supply of vitamin D at athleticgreens.com slash BJ Gador. That's athleticgreens.com slash BJ Gador. You better drink your greens. You better drink your greens. Yo, BJ Gador with the Get Some Gains podcast, and I have with me the man, the myth, the legend, motherfucking C-dubs. C-dubs! Welcome to the show, my friend. What's up, man? How's it going, dude? Well, as you know, it's been a tough start to this recording. You can't seem to find me on Anchor. I can't find you on Anchor. We got someone mowing the fucking lawn. And we're basically doing it. I'm recording you off of a phone as we're doing a FaceTime through computers. So I'm just of the mindset that Smith, either it's Smith or the architect, they're trying to prevent us from doing this fucking show. I agree, dude. I agree. I mean, uh, what was the popular phrase back then? The Matrix is real. You know what? Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun today talking about this prescient film. Oh, by the way, I've only known that word for about three months. <laughs> so I've been really trying to use it whenever I can. But man, if there ever was a prescient film, um, I cannot believe how predictive it was. We're going to go through the whole trilogy. Obviously, we're doing this because, first of all, uh, both Chris and I are big fans of movies. Chris is a cinematographer. Chris is also, for much of 2020 and 2021, he was our videographer for thedailybj.com. And uh, just a great guy. A great guy, a friend of mine. Uh, there's nothing like 
watching or talking movies with friends. So that's the point of this episode. And if it goes well, maybe we'll do it every month. And uh, we're going to start with The Matrix because Matrix 4, they're not calling it that. It's called Matrix Resurrections, right? Resurrections. Okay. So they're going full-blown, like full Messiah. <laughs> and look, who else were the metabolic Messiah? I may not be a film You're the movie Messiah. I'm the metabolic Messiah. There we go. Tell me... Tell me what The Matrix meant to the real, like, film nerd. You know, the guy who's in, you know, you love video, you love uh, movies. How many, how many movies have you watched in your life? Oh, wow. Uh, too many to count. But, uh, I mean, The Matrix, man, it's a, it's a groundbreaking science fiction film. I mean, when, they, uh, when the first one came out, I think in 1999 or 2000, somewhere around there, uh, I was in high school, and uh, you know, just just the the bullet time effect like that that changed the industry. You know, no one had seen a visual effect like that. And how many times was that like copied and parodied from like films? You know, uh, since and then um, and then you know this the the fashion of all like the sunglasses and the leather. You know, people were dressing up like that for Halloween and. You know, it just, it's a cult classic. I I think The Matrix is a cult classic. And, you know, I think what happened too, and I'm just being honest, like my my brain might have still been a lemon when I was in high school and I first saw it too, but I didn't get it. I didn't get the concepts the way I get them now 20 years later, especially rewatching it and uh, like having gotten caught in social media. There's like some quotes in this, in that first movie, man, the first movie the story is is like perfection. And there's a couple quotes that I wanted to just take the time to to kind of start leading. Because we're going to go, let's go one, two, three. Okay. And then let's talk about, and by the way, when he was talking bullet time effects, you know, uh, it's just the crazy slow-mo, right? The, the, the way the camera would like move around. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you know anything about The Matrix, you know what the bullet time effect is. It's that whole lean back, slow motion type thing and, yeah, it it changed action for sure, and it still looks good twenty years later. Now there, we'll talk about it like in two when it looks like a straight video game at points. Um, but, it, but the first time we saw it, I saw that in theaters at Amherst College. Let me let me let me pause. Uncle Baby's getting all excited because see motherfucking dubs talking today. Listen, this quote from Morpheus: "Your appearance now is what we call residual self-image." It is the mental projection of your digital self. And by the way, that's the definition of social media. Because how many people do you know on social media um, that you maybe have met and they're very different? Right? I'm, you know, and this is not like that I'm I'm a fake, but I'm a different person in person than I am online. Is that correct? That that is very true. You're, uh, you are a very nice, uh, human being and uh, very um, easy, easy going and easy to talk to, and and a total piece of shit in person. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that, so you know. But uh, but a lot of it is too because the what you're going to project on social media is what you think is who you think you are. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I mean, that's that's it's, it's like mind blowing shit, Chris. I mean, think of a. Uh, I mean, this is this is an exaggeration of that, but like even like Snapchat filters now, you know, like you can go beyond and change how you look, and then uh, you know, it's just it, in a weird way, yeah, they predicted that. Now at that time, like was was MySpace even around? I'm sure there were some like some creeper, uh, you know, like social groups or the, initial formations of what would become a social media. But was it just forums, or was that like were the and what, what are the name of, so this is what's interesting too, and, and we'll probably pepper in what's coming on with four too, is it was directed by? Uh, the Wachowskis. Okay. And now, and, and they were at the time brothers, they both transitioned to, yes. uh, to women. Now it's the sisters, but unfortunately they're both, one of them decided not to do this new one, which gave me some real pause. Yeah. Um. It's, it's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see that with this uh, number four, just because um, before, you know, it was uh, the two of them tackling the project and uh, 
now one of them is flying solo, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, um, what this one brings to the story by themselves, you know, uh, without without the help of their sibling. Yeah, and by the way, you know, I know we gave you like an outline of what's going to happen, but I've got one of those um, <laughs> quote-unquote beautiful minds, so we'll be bouncing all over the place here and circling back, but for those that are, that are wondering, again, like, um, and I, it's great, I'm, I'm, I'm all about people, you know, finding who they are and stuff like that, but I had never heard of a, a sibling, like both siblings transitioning. Uh, that's, I've never heard of that before. Geniuses, geniuses. Like, are, are, where do they rank like in the echelon of, and, and by the way, they're not, part of the reason one of the, the, the sisters is not doing it is because they lost both their parents tragically recently and uh, it's kind of triggering for her to go back and, and revisit old work. Um, so I, I, you know, I obviously very sorry to hear about that. Um, it wouldn't be great for them both to work on it. Obviously, we'll see the the sole interpretation. It's Lana that is doing it now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And um, where do they rank? And kind of the you know, because it's this is one of the biggest trilogies of all time. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I I think a lot of people. Like they, they were definitely worshipped as directors. Um, but when when the movie Speed Racer came out, which was their next big thing after the Matrix, uh, you know that that was a huge flop. However, however, I find the movie very visual. And if you're ever under the influence of cannabis, watch Speed Racer. It will blow your mind. <laughs> And by the way, that so that's what's crazy. Uh, many know that I, I I've never never used weed until I was like thirty seven, and then you know you get to this to this uh, tender age and you like to revisit you know movies from many years ago. And the way the way film and most art, music, whatever, like you 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 get all in it, then you take a break from you. Oh, people always come back to it ten to twenty years later if it's good. Yeah. If yeah. it's timeless work, and yeah, sure, some of it's in a time capsule, uh, but. You know, it, it's still, you know, you watch it through the lens of 20 years of life that you didn't have previously. And then I've also watched them under the influence of the the, the sweet plant that is marijuana. And um, I really got the Matrix when I watched it again a couple of years ago on weed. And I, I rewatched it again uh, sober to get ready for this podcast. Um, and it just solidified some of the breakthroughs I had in rewatching it. Uh, so, you know, that, that sometimes these movies are made for a certain brain. Now, now BJ, let me ask you this. When you rewatched them, um, as we both did this past week, did you notice the visual differentiation between being in the matrix and being in the real world? So I did not to talk to me about that. So, uh, one, one, uh, kit in our in our toolbox, one uh, item in our toolbox as, as cinematographers is playing with color as uh, we're so, we're often called painters of light. But if you mm. go back, you rewatch the matrix when they're in the real world, it's very cold and cool colors. So like blues, but when they're in the matrix, it's green and very digital feeling. So when you go back and watch it, you can, it, it stays consistent through all three movies. I, I can actually see it now as you describe it. And I have to say, Chris, all this fucking technical talk is like giving me tingles in my dick. <laughs> I got a couple tingles down there. Well, I, got, I got more tech talk. Ooh, talking tech with C-dubs. You know what? Uh, the next quote I wanted to talk to you about is the body cannot live without the mind. That's one of those like no shit, <laughs> but... <laughs> Wow. You know, when, when you say that quote, uh, me being a, a member of the Daily BJ, it just goes back to me thinking of your training of the mind-muscle connection. You know? And uh, so it's, it's interesting how that, uh, how your training, <laughs> you know, and Morpheus's quote, I mean, it, it's, it's true. Like, when you can focus on the moves and, you know, you just... Uh, what am I trying to say? You just, the moves become easier because you're visualizing that, you know? hundred uh, percent. They work, obviously they work. There's, it's a neurological system for a reason. 
Um, and once you can connect your mind to your muscles, that, that's when exercise gets fun. It takes a lot of reps. You know, like we, that, that's what was so, I mean, like, honest to God, like the dream for me, like I could go in, suit up. Uh, I, I, I'd like to avoid the whole hole in the back of my head. But if I could, you know what, I'd, I'd be willing to have it if you could just give me uh, the ability to do 30 pull-ups with a download. just to like plug in and and all of a sudden you know just know how to be you know a professional MMA fighter or or download all of Tyson's combos and then just have that boxing speed and boxing information in your brain already you know it's like oh. but but then it's weird because like how does physicality work in the matrix because like you know obviously because it's played by actors you know, how Neo looks in the real world, you know, he sees his digital projection of himself in the Matrix, but it's like, is he shredded? We never saw him shirtless. Like, you know, does he need to be? Like, does does physicality even matter when you can bend stuff like that? I, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. Well, you know, Morpheus has that quote in that initial, like, really cool dojo scene where, like, they, you know, we got introduced to, like, all the stop, the the panoramic moving around when they froze... You know, he's up in the crane, um, but he says, do you think me being faster or stronger than you has anything to do with, uh, I forget the exact quote, but you remember what I'm saying, right? Like, so yeah. that was the implication, right? That it was just, no, this, this is code. Yeah. It's, it's all in your mind. So yeah, you could just basically download and bust out 30 pull-ups just fine. You can download deadlift, you know, 600 pounds. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my God. Because uh, you know, you know, how, like just because he it was the whole scene is like I know kung fu, and then they go to the dojo, and you know, like there's so many disciplines of martial arts, and there's mixed martial arts, which is you know a combination of all of it. Um, it's taken me three years upon a rock bed of fitness in my life to learn how to to learn how to box and learn how to teach it. Three full years of dedication. Now, part of me dies when I see someone like just download. Kung Fu or Kempo, one of them was like Kempo boxing as they like cycled through it in, in, in an instant. But um, I've got a feeling, man, I've got a feeling just just on how movies always seem to predict the future. Good ones, you know, uh, that at some point we're going to be able to like get skills put into our fucking brains. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I know some of you are worried about my brain these days, but I have a feeling that. That's possible. Uh, that may be possible down the road. Just, what, I mean, already what they're doing with, um, what's that, in, like, super high-tech health, uh, it's with a C. It's, uh, it's not Cypher. It's, I forget. But th- th- what's going on right now with technology, man, um, you, got, you got to believe it's possible. And uh, am I wrong? I mean, are you like, wow, this is, I, I need to like, for my professional livelihood, I need to get it off this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, but I, there, there's got to be a limit to that because, because, you know, if, if you and I got, got implants and then we both were implemented again with, let's say Mike Tyson's boxing combos, it's still our physicality that will bring that to life. You know, you being six two two twenty five, you you'll probably kick my ass. <laughs> you know, like so it's like you know, and then same kind of thing. Like there's there's going to be that that our our human body will be the limitation essentially. Yep, because you know there is also that scene where because I had wondered is Neo is not Neo in the Matrix is not Neo in Zion. Yeah, his yeah. fighting ability uh, is is based on his body. So um, that was interesting because obviously in, in three, and by the way, there's this whole, this whole podcast is a spoiler alert. I probably should have said that at the beginning, uh, but we're not, obviously we can't spoil the, the new one that's coming out because we haven't seen it yet. So I would have guessed that I, I, I thought it would be assumed, but yes, spoiler alert. And the third one, when Smith finds his way into the, into Bane's body, of course, his name was Bane. Um <laughs> him and Neo have this showdown in one of the ships and um, you know, it's a pretty even fight. In fact, you know, Neo barely wins and he wins blind. Yeah. Yeah. So 
but but it also was a fairly even fight in the matrix. So again, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if the, that like you know what I mean if they were matched in, in the same way from Matrix to, to to Zion. I would think not, but it was a really even fight. Yeah, yeah. I didn't honestly. I didn't even think about that. Um, it makes sense, you know, like to where. Uh, to where they were on an even playing field, you know, and I mean, you can even say it was kind of uneven within the matrix. Once Smith, uh, gets that, that power and spreads much like the virus. And then, you know, there's like thousands of him, you know, is it <laughs> even still a fair, even fair fight, you know? So I'm so glad you brought that up because then this was the first time Smith is like, Smith defines the true cynic of humanity. Yeah, because I had never heard before humans compared to a virus, a disease, a cancer to this planet, a plague, and um, his argument he had a strong argument. You know, like when when he quotes saying, you know, just he can't stand the smell of of the flesh. You know, it's, I, I think I think Hugo Weaving's performance is so awesome there to where you know, like. I, I almost like like feel like feel like I'm like tasting something disgusting when he says that. It's just it's like, oh, you know, dude, um, that guy, that guy. So he simultaneously because the Lord of the Ring movies are going on, yeah. you know, alongside yeah. this, he gets into th- uh, two of the biggest trilogies of all time because he's the the father of the elves in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, he kind of had a, he had a good run there from '99 uh, to almost 2005. Because, uh, so yeah, being in Lord of the Rings, being in the Matrix, and then, and then kind of capped off with the V for Vendetta, you know, that was 05. I've got to watch that. I've, I, that's been on my watch list for a long time. Naomi's seen it and loves it. So I have to find some time to see it. You recommend? Oh, highly. I watch it every 5th of November. Really? What, what, what's the uh, significance of that? Uh. Spoiler alert? Well, yeah. I'm not going to spoil the movie. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, I, that I appreciate. I'll spoil, but you don't spoil Uncle Baby's entertainment. There you go. <laughs> but um, man, he, he is. I think I think he stole the show. Um, in order of like the three people that kind of just the the acting was just like uh, well, him. I think him and Morpheus stole the show. Yeah, Larry yeah. Fishburne, man. I mean, I I was first exposed to him in Boys in the Hood, and I was just like his intensity. Yeah. Oh my God, his intensity. But like, he's so poised in this film, and then he still is able to get up for that that like crazy motivational speech in Zion. Yeah. I, I remember sleeveless vest, by the way, sleeveless. That's true. That's very true. Back back when that movie first came out, the second one, and he gives that motivational speech before the the rave orgy. Like, I I was kind of like what. What is he wearing? Like, <laughs> like it was just so weird. But I mean, now I can see he was a trendsetter, you know? Because <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, the, the, dude, the fashion and all of them, the the sunglasses, um, yeah. the all black looks, like it was like a new age like martial art look. Um, but like, it it wasn't, um, you know, like a, a karate suit, and it wasn't a cloak, but it was like. <laughs> A combination, you know, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne, like he had this crazy uh, purple, he's got like a leather jacket and this purple suit and that the, do the highway scene. The highway yeah. scene was, I think, what was the best highway scene I had seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, like, coming off, I mean, think, think, of, think of the Wachowskis at the time. You know, you make The Matrix, like, The Matrix, the first one. It had a few big action sequences, but it was a really small contained movie. You know, like one of the biggest action sequences is just them busting uh, Morpheus out of a building. You know, it's not in game status where there's like 20 superheroes facing off of a galactic villain. Right. So it's very contained. But that lobby sequence, that shootout, the first one, that set a standard. I, I, I don't even... I mean, I, actually, I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall back when, you know, the Wachowskis are thinking, like, how do we, how do we continue the story with two and three? And how do we, how do we top ourselves? You know, like, 
every filmmaker sometimes has that conversation, like like you know, because again, it's a business. So how do you how do you bring in ticket sales? How do you make money? You know, you got to top yourself and push the boundaries. And it's like, I think I think the two big sequences in both movies, the highway scene and then the attack on Zion. I mean, visually, they they're still great to this day. What 18, 18 years later, nineteen years later. Yeah, I mean they're incredible, and we, you know we were doing a little. Uh, we we're trying to get the you know little get the, the tip wet before we started recording, and we were talking about like, you know, is this a lot like Lord of the Rings in the sense that like, uh, like for me the in, with Lord of the Rings at least one is like the, it's just in, it's like this new world, just like Matrix One, like you're like there's a it's big story heavy plot background you're just getting drawn into this new world, and then two becomes like this insane action like nonsense, you know, the twin towers battle at night and Lord of the Rings two. Uh, and then matrix two has the highway scene. Um, they've got the, those crazy fight scenes where he's fighting Smith. Uh, and then Smith becomes like a thousand Smiths, yeah. much like a virus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, I guess you could say Smith had to cut, co- he, he, he copied humanity replicated as a virus Yep, yep. And ended up even being able to beat the program or could have beat the program. And, and um, but that, that just, that blows my mind. And the, the action was just crazy. Now you, you had said like the matrix, the stories did, they, they may be underwhelmed in two and three, but again, they, they made up for it with the action, the CGI, the tech. Um, yeah, and then yeah. Lord of the Rings three, uh, that it did win the Academy award, but you know, it's, and I, I mentioned too, as my wife tells me, and she's a she's a writer of, of ten plus books. She has her own podcast now with original stories. Check out Twisted Mirror. She's already, by the way, she's got, she's broken into top seventy five of fiction on Apple Podcasts. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm I'm so excited, so I can retire and I can just live off my wife like a sugar daddy. And it was to me like the first two are my favorite of the Lord of the Rings. If I had to pick now. Some will disagree. What What are your thoughts? Just, I guess, ordering one, two, and three, and then you know, if you want to compare it to Lord of the Rings, feel free. Uh, my my ranking of the Matrix films, please. Uh, I would say one is number number one for sure, just because of the the introduction, the and my, being mind blowing for the time, and even still to this day, actually, if you've never seen the Matrix, watch the Matrix. Um, you know, I think I have to just go in order of release one, two, and three in that exact order. Yeah. Um, when I, when those movies came out, I was such a big Matrix fan. I, I was actually disappointed by two and three. Um, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted, you know, maybe they shouldn't have been made at all, but, uh, revisiting them. I mean, honestly, I think watching these, watching the movies this week. It's probably the first time I've seen them in prob- probably since, you know, I bought the DVD when they came out in, what, 2004, you know, because the movies were released in 03, so the discs probably came out in 04. I mean, I had no need to see them since, but I definitely have, have a better appreciation for them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, probably ranking one, two, and three. And you know what? Uh, so two... Two, I actually saw with Naomi, uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time in college, um, in the theaters. And we, again, dude, I, we had a, again, this is where it's like, and we're recording this now, uh, two years into this global pandemic, movie theaters will never be the same. I've gone back to a couple and like, they are empty. So, and you know, it's just, it's just different. It's different now. Uh, people are different and hopefully we can get back to it, but there is nothing like being fucking stuck like sardines in a, in a big movie theater, the night of an action movie premiere on a big screen. I mean, cause, uh, the crowd was going crazy. The, the, this, the, that one scene where the guy from Oz link, yeah. um, who is basically like, he's like, I, I refer to him as Bob Costas with pink eye. He's doing play by play during, in really tough circumstances, the whole movie, um, yep. you know, from his seat and, um, where was I going with this? This, there was a big fucking, there was big payoff to this, Chris. I, I don't know, man. Uncle Baby, can I, full disclosure, Uncle Baby took an edible and it, it just hit. Uh, nice. 
we got another uh, 34 minutes though. So you, you might have to help me finish this one. Um, I, I was going something specific with that. What was I even talking about? Well, you were talking about uh, seeing the movie back in college. With- oh yeah, yeah. So I'm with my wife and uh, dude, the crowd was, the crowd was crazy. And, and, and he, so Link walks into the room and he goes, where's my pussy? And then he gets cut off with the kids in the room. Um, <laughs> The audience was going crazy. Uh, there's just so much good action, and then when um, he's when he's doing that fight scene where he's he's you know and he, especially the bow part, he's using the bow to fight all those smiths. Yeah, I mean people were just going crazy in the audience, man. Like it, it was just pure energy, and um, so yeah, like when you watch these on your own, you're you're not gonna under you're not gonna appreciate what it was when you first saw two in theaters. What the, because the CGI like went, went to a whole new level. In two, I mean, yeah. uh, the, the bow scene, <laughs> you know, again, it looks like a video game at times and really look close at it, but it still looks really good considering. And, um, I mean, what, what are your, like, what specifically, uh, was going on there that was so different with how they were, I mean, cause you said, you, you said, uh, half of that movie was filmed on digital for the first time, right? Well, no, uh, I mean, there were select moments, but, um, actually I mean, digital cameras, professional digital cameras, were just starting to hit the market. Um, with, the, I mean, the first the first fully filmed digital movie was was Episode Two, uh, Attack of the Clones, Star Wars with George Lucas. Oh wow! So so they used some digital cameras for for the high uh, for the like the super slow motion punches and stuff like that, but um, it was it was mostly all film. All three, all three of those movies, and uh, the uh, this new one coming out next week, uh, Resurrections. That's going to be the first all digital shot Matrix. And, and for someone who has no video understanding, what does that truly mean in your ability in the editing process, uh, film versus digital? Um, I mean, you don't have to develop film. You can you can literally just take a memory card out of a camera, put it in the computer and start working on it. Um, so, so I think, I think, you know, it gives, it gives the filmmakers the ability to instantly see, um, what they're filming and, uh, and, um, you know, they can be creative right there on the spot. Um, film, film, there's a little more, more discipline, but, uh, but yeah, I you know it's 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 going to be interesting because film definitely has a look. It has an organic look. Sometimes a feel that that certain people, you know, you can't explain. You just you just kind of feel it. And so I'm curious to to see how this matrix will will look um, because it's all digital and um, how it will feel. And and kind of I'm also curious to see uh, how the how Lana Wachowski is gonna try to push the boundary again visually because you know like you know with the crazy action sequences in two and three how how do you top yourself again you know how you know what's what's the reason to bring back the matrix other than money you know it's like i'm 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 excited you know it's going to be interesting so here here's my gut instinct and i'm hoping i'm wrong this is like the way it was if you're a mike tyson fan uh after his prime where like you knew that he was going into fights that he wasn't prepared for or that he had lost his his raw talent or the discipline and uh he wasn't the same fighter but you you wanted to believe it was still Mike Tyson and then yeah. that all changed when he fought Lennox Lewis <laughs> oh my god and and Mike he made Mike Tyson nice he got beat so bad like he made you know so it was it was crazy but um it feel it does kind of feel like uh you know, they're trying to tap into a prime Iron Mike Tyson when that's you're no longer that guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you said, this could look like really fake. And it's like, how is how is the tech in the in the CGI and what they can do not way better than this 20 years later? Because they, they like maxed out the tech of that time before it became all digital and shit. And and now you've had 20 years to like innovate. And what have you done? So and you know the, the actors are older um they were pla- they replaced 
Morpheus. Now they replaced Morpheus with the guy who's like really coming up. He played the new Candyman. Uh, yeah. He's got a he's got a very uh, long name. I I, I, not, I will not commit it to memory, but he seems like be a, like a crazy good actor. Um, but man, like you want to follow Larry Fishburne's footsteps? And did 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 he not want to get in shape? Because you know what you you mentioned too the the Lord of the Rings guy. Uh, you said what was his name Hugh. Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. I think he might be like, you know, like you or I, where like, if we, I think, I think we're, I might be speaking for you, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but like if you had a big hit movie or like a big hit movie franchise or two, and you could just be sitting on those royalties, he went, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't care about the fame. He cares about the craft and he wants the lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah. he just, he went, he, he didn't need the bullshit. He went away and he lived a great life. That's what I want to believe. For Smith slash uh, the elder elf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I heard somewhere um, that Lawrence Fishburne actually was never asked to come back. What? So uh, that that I can not confirm or deny, just because you know I I read it on some film website blog. So uh, um, you know, it'd be it'd be. It'd be interesting to find out if that's true, and if it is true, why? You know, but but you know, with the recast of Morpheus, they honestly kind of set it up with Matrix Three. Um, if if someone recalls, the Oracle was different from uh, Matrix One and Two to uh, Number Three. It was a different actress, and you know, they played it off that. You know, she was able to change her appearance and whatnot. When in reality, the actual actress died after filming all of her parts for uh, Matrix Two. So, so in a sense, they kind of set it up eighteen years ago to where, you know, I mean, having having not seen this fourth one yet, you know, what if Morpheus is only in the Matrix and that's his digital appearance of himself? You know, I mean, it it has yet to be told, I guess. Or were they like, you know, this, maybe like Morpheus only works young? Like the, the character of Mor- or like in his prime. Like Morpheus needs to be in his prime to have the same effect. Because technically, you know, you, if they if they tried to like CGI uh, a current Lawrence Fishburne into the Morpheus of the day, that, I mean, that might look weird. If yeah. they try to Benjamin Button him a little bit, you know, like. I mean, that technology is definitely there to where they can de-age people. Um, you know, so so I don't. I don't think that's a reason. I honestly, I have no idea. You know, I guess it's it's just between the casting directors and, and Lawrence Fishburne. You know, let's, let's, who knows? Who knows? To not even ask. Yeah. Because I mean, he like he's he's standout man. He really is standout in in all three films. Oh. Uh, and, and, and Neo, you know, uh, I love Keanu Reeves, but like you know, it's a, it's a it's it's funny at times. In fact, that was the whole. Uh, you know the whole like p- part of why like uh, like Will Ferrell in some ways ruined the second movie for me because he did that whole MTV Video Music Awards parody. Uh, Do you remember this? With with he was the architect, concordantly vis a vis ergo, and uh, like and then he has all these funny reactions by Keanu, like just straight clips from the movie because he is really funny. He's he he's got he's got that thing where like. Um, and he's gotten a bit, little bit more serious as he's aged. He's kind of better able to do that. But he just had that kind of funny uh, delivery. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. he's a great actor. But, like, it's it, it just kind of a funny delivery sometimes. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, uh, well, Keanu Reeves is definitely in his, like, second prime, right? Yes. And, you know, like, to, to kind of put it in a, in a boxing scenario here, you know, before the pandemic, both the John Wick 4 and Matrix 4 were scheduled to come out on the same day. Oh, wow. Like, imagine that box office fight, you know, like, which, which Keanu Reeves film is going to beat the other one, you know? And it's like, I mean, we're not in that situation now, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I think, I think, I... I mean, I'm a fan of Keanu. I like his work. Uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely 
am hoping that Matrix Four has a little more depth for his uh, his acting ability. You know. Yeah. So uh, there you go. I mean, look, you, you have to read the lines. They didn't give him a whole lot of lines. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know. Uh, you know, a lot of people gave him shit back in the day. You know, it's like I know kung fu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. That was a huge like line that people you know like, and that's what's crazy about the first Matrix is that you know it was people parried it, parried, parodied it, and uh, but you know everyone still loved it. But and it yeah. Is, is is if I remember right, I could be wrong. Isn't he part Hawaiian? Yes, uh, I believe so. I thought so too. I mean, because he just has this like. And that's why he was so great in Point Break, like this really cool, laid back dude vibe, you know. Um, and yeah, and, and, and about a great movie. That's so great. I mean, you got that. You got Speed. Oh, love All right, speed. you love got it. you got the Matrix trilogy, and then he comes out with like at the time the original John Wick. Man, no one no one saw that movie coming. No, no, and and honestly, it it still stands. It's it. Again, talk about a trilogy of films. I mean, you know, if you look at John Wick 1, 2, and 3, number 1 is still the best. 2, two is good. It expands on the story. But, like, by the time you get to 3, they're just trying to top themselves with action. Like, honestly, I it was like an hour into that movie, and I felt so exhausted from all the gun battles and everything. Like, I left that theater exhausted. It was just... Yeah. It's a lot. It's a it's a lot. And uh, man, when he when they killed oh spoiler alert when they spoiler. yeah when they killed his dog, dude. I do. I was ready to go. I was ready to fucking strap it up with him. I you know that that moment. I don't cry often in movies, but when when a pet dies like that, that hit. You know, it's like man, I can feel his rage. So, so Chris is um, a cat man and I'm a dog man. Yes. So together, you know, we cover the domestics. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. You got, so you have two cats. I have two cats, yep. And um, Oliver was here earlier. He's orange. Yes. And, uh, and then we have Gideon, who's uh, white and orange. And so, uh, but uh, right now they're both just taking a nap on the couch. Lazy. <laughs> so we're talking cats and obviously Uncle Baby. Like I said, I'm going to take you on a wild ride in this hour. The black cat who was the glitch in the Matrix. That was so cool because uh, just the concept of deja vu possibly being like a mistake in a simulation we could already be in. Yeah. And, and it's interesting like how they explain, you know, ghosts, vampires, werewolves to where they're just programs that just, you know, try to escape and do their own thing and anomalies you know you know I, i'm honestly like i am at my all-time fear of ai because if, do you know what it's like you know what they do at best buy now if you buy something at best buy like of any value they're just they just give you a free amazon echo so <laughs> jeff bezos aka dr evil can listen to us in every room we have right now five in our house because we got them when we bought a bunch of hue lights and just sit here take an amazon echo Yesterday, yeah, yeah. so we uh, our TV broke um, in our kitchen as hundred thousand dollars of damage. Um, so I actually I had to watch these on multiple different devices because I didn't have a TV for a while. So I watched it on the phone a bit, um, which the phone. So again, the, the the size of the screen matters. The sound matters. It does. It does. The environment you're in it really matters. So uh, like yeah, it it was much more muted on my phone, obviously. And as as you saw, I sent you. I was finishing up three like the fucking bad student who studies up until the test. <laughs> but I came in with a lot of fucking uh, – I got power short-term memory, C-dubs. I'm not going to recall all the stuff we talked about today. But having just watched it to come into this, um, I remembered some things I probably wouldn't. So uh, as I, I used to do for tests, it re you really do get – short-term memory is a performance enhancer. You can't keep all of it. But um, it just – anyway, um, coming back to – um, just that deja vu concept. And the other aspect too is, you know, from a fitness standpoint, um, Roy Jones Jr., Captain Hook, as he's called in the ring, um, he, he made a uh, multiple cameos in, uh, Matrix 2. Cornell West is in Matrix 2. The professor who is like one of the, you'll never hear someone speak the way Cornell West speaks. 
You familiar with Cornel West? No. Oh man, he is just like uh, he's a professor, and he, you know uh, he's just the guy just speaks <laughs> like he's on another planet in, in the best way. Um, he just he's a mind blowing speaker, uh, passionate. He uses the best words. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know he's just special. So if you don't know Cornel West, I, I would I would search him out. He's just uh, one of those dudes and um, surprise guests, but. Uh, from a training standpoint, did you know that uh, Jada Pinkett Smith trained, like she trained so hard for that film and she's tiny, man. She's a tiny woman in terms yeah. of like, you know, she's no body fat and she's small of stature. Um, she bench pressed 185 pounds to prep for, she built up to that, to prep for Matrix 2. And like at the same time, they're all wearing these like fucking one piece suits or full outfits. You could barely tell the physique, um, except for when she's doing that crazy drive that yeah. no one else can do. There's a lot of close-up shots of the shoulders and the traps, but not as much chest. But you do she get she's jacked, man. Like she's got some serious trap shoulder uh size in definition going on, even a little bit of vascularity. Uh, you know, but the, the Smiths, the Pinkets, the Smiths, they take they just take these roles seriously. They go all in, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of the Smiths, this is a little bit of an offshoot, but uh, I'm going to go try to see uh, King Richard this weekend. It's on HBO Max. I keep telling you, like, all these movies you want to go see? <laughs> Let me ask you about that. Like, what do you think about that? Is, well, is that going to change ever? Are we ever going to go back to, like, you have to go see it in the theater again, or is that gone? Uh, yes and no. So here's the thing. One... Warner Brothers contract is up at the end of this year to where they're doing same day releases of movies on HBO Max and in theaters. Okay. So here you're going to have to wait 45 days for it to come on to HBO Max once it's released in theaters. Yep. So, so it is coming to an end. Really? Oh my God. That's going to be, that's crazy. So I can actually see a movie before you. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, the other thing is kind of going back to theaters. Um, I was, I had no intention of seeing it right yet just because I knew it was going to be crazy, but the new Spider-Man film just came out and I, I am a member of the AMC uh, app so I can like go see three movies a week and whatnot. I could oh, not, shit. I could not find a single seat between midnight last night to Saturday evening. Uh, so these three days, almost every single showing up until like 2 a.m. has been sold out of the new Spider-Man movie. Wow. So, and I'm more coastal and closer to L.A. than you are. And it's just like, just the fact that this movie is bringing in packed theaters. It's, it's kind of interesting. You know, it's, you know, Theaters need it, but it's oh, just, they sure do. They sure do, man. I, I was in, uh, I was in. As I told you, you know, we're talking about our cheat meals for the week here. TGIT. Oh, yeah. uh, Uncle Baby's on the TGIT and TGIF train right now. Uh, you know, it's end of the year, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm putting the calories to work. And uh, Uncle Baby's got this figured out. But uh, I'm in there getting this. If you haven't gotten it yet, I was just, I was just selling Chris on it. The Whole Foods pumpkin pie and house whipped cream, like that, comes in like a plastic canister, uh, not a canister, a uh, bucket. I don't know what the fuck it is. What do they call it? It's it's kind of like a small bucket, um, okay. but it's so good. You got to get it. Um, and I got not chastised, but because I had I, I we haven't had mask mandates in a while, but it's back up at least in in uh, Palm Springs, Palm Desert area. Uh. So um, I, I guess you have, I maybe have to go to the movie in the mask now. I don't know what they're doing with movies. If they're going to shut movies down again, they're, they're actually thinking about half the Lakers have uh, COVID right now. Oh my god! And this is it's starting to get all over the NBA again. They're thinking about postponing the season. It's like a little bit like, oh shit, is this? <laughs> you know, is this like are we going back? Uh, I just want to get past. I know you do. I know everyone. We just yeah. want to get past the last two years. But I'm getting some real weird vibes about um, the way things kind of were right before uh, it, it went down the first time. Um, but anyway, uh, this is anything that happens during this period of time is going to have an asterisk. It's like the, the asterisk with, with steroids in baseball. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, 
it, it really, um, the production had to change, right? Like people couldn't fucking, they had to, they couldn't do the things they did before just because of the restrictions, the shutdowns, like, uh, what's it been like? I mean, you, 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 for, for that full year, man, in 2020, uh, I was, you only work some weeks or most weeks. Yeah. Talk about that, man. It's been, it's been moved. The movie industry has been decimated. I mean, uh, it's, it's definitely bounced back right now. Um, pretty much, pretty much, uh, the end of the year is always a busy time for the film industry just because, uh, businesses and corporations, you know, they, they want to spend that money. So they have tax write-offs, you know? And so, so you, you couple that with a backlog of content because of the pandemic, like, this town, L.A. right now, uh, and I'm sure probably Atlanta and New York and other big film cities, like, they're they're working like crazy. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's a blessing and a curse because, you know, a year ago, nobody was really working. So it's like, you know, you have to find that, that middle ground of not working yourself too much and but then being thankful for having the job, you know? You know, you know what really struck me. I forget what movie it was, but it was in the preview, and uh, it's the way the way they used to they used to sell like trailers, or it wouldn't be necessarily a trailer for the movie, but just like a featurette or an interview of like the cast, the uh-huh. cast talking about the movie, what and giving you like insight into the character they're playing, and and uh, they kind of brought that back. And I'm like, oh wow, this is like they're really selling me on movies, and so what I mean by that is. It's like, wow, they really must feel the need to like step up their marketing efforts because they got to bring people back to the theaters. And then there was, uh, I saw old, the, the new, uh, M night Shyamalan and like, he was like begging people in his, he was doing his little, his little monologue about the movie. And, uh, he was like begging people to come to the theaters and like thanking them from the bottom of his heart for watching in the theater, because this is how I intended it to be made. And, um, that that one that really struck me because again, like when you see, you just don't see that often from the directors of the movie having to like you know they don't feel the need to sell their movie as much anymore because you get you get a couple stars, uh, you assume people are just going to come to the movies because it's just a great thing to do, but uh, it was like oh shit like wow they're hurting, I could it, just tell. It, it's going to be interesting, and, and you bring up a, a good point actually with production. Um, I, I believe Matrix 4 was either halfway or over halfway done filming when the pandemic hit. Oh, shit. And so they, uh, yeah, so they were, they were filming the U.S. stuff uh, up until March 2020. And then they didn't uh, go overseas because I think they went to Germany or, uh, or something in November of 2020 to resume filming. So... I'm curious to see if there's going to be moments in a movie when you're watching it, if it's going to be like, oh, that feels off or that feels different. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious because you know, like it's a well-oiled machine, you know, like think of it like training, you know, like you're training for like three months and then you take a six month break and then now you got to get back into that routine. Brutal. Like, by the way, yeah. that uh, it, the perfect example of that was the NBA bubble when they when they stopped and had to come back, and a lot of people folded in that bubble. There were mental health uh, breakdowns, um, and then luckily I'm a Lakers fan because they, they buckled down, man. They they came to again. It you it either uh, it either brings you together or it tears you apart. You know. Um, so yeah, the, will there will there be continuity in the second half of the film and? and what is what is going on with this new film? Like it's I, I saw trailer one, which at the time had forty million views on YouTube. Uncle Baby's out here fighting to try to get a thousand. <laughs> so and and, and they, the second one had eight million views in three days. I would have to show my butthole in my dick to even get like a fraction of that. Um, though I would charge for it, it only fans. <laughs> But I was like, what is going on? Like, what are they trying to do here? Because, um, you know, you see an older Trinity. You see an older Neo. Um, you see no Morpheus except the new one, not the one we remember. 
Um, yeah. And then a lot of new characters, though you had said you looked on IMDb and that there, the a lot of the cast is returning. Yeah, I mean, there's a good amount. I mean, uh, you know, uh, like Jada, Jada's coming back, Captain Naomi. Uh, Naomi, yeah, she's coming back. Uh, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting um, to see just to see what they do, like you know, with with the aging of actual actors and trying to bring back this story, and it'll be it'll be weird. Uh, but I mean, at the end of Matrix Three, you know, we we don't know where Neo went. You know, we just kind of uh, we just kind of assumed, you know. It was left to the viewer, so they, hopefully they, answers that question. They they carry him off with his his burnt eyes. Oh my god, what a terrible injury! <laughs> what a terrible injury! Like like I give him props because it's like you know they when he's having that fight with Bane and that like laser weapon, you know he, they could have they could have like you know hacked off an arm, they could have hacked off a leg, but no, they went for the eyes, made him blind, which. Yeah, didn't work out so well for uh, for Bane, but you know. but you know what? It did heighten his senses. His other senses got heightened, and he needed to to get to the fucking Machine City. Yeah, this, yeah. this movie, it, it's you know, again, some people thought it got out of control uh, in the later ones, but the, the the plot was still well put together, and and it was connected. So, uh, four, if they if they depart too far. It but it might be the, like this for for the original watchers. It might be like this world we never wanted to see. Because it, it might forever ruin, like the Rocky Four director cut, it could yeah. forever ruin the way you look at Rocky Four. Okay, we I, I'm gonna actually do a podcast on that separately. By the way, all right. Um, if you'll ever watch I, it, I I will. I will. You better. I, I think I'm hoping that they use Matrix Four as as kind of the the uh, cleansing of two and three. You know, like two and three, they were good, but you know, what if what if, you know, it just goes back to where because of Neo's great savior moment at the end of three that, you know, two and three never happened and it's kind of like, you know, a spinoff of one, you know, to where maybe he never took the the pill when, when Morpheus offered him and he lived his life. And hmm, an, an alternative universe that, that, that or reality. That would be interesting. So, interesting. Uh, that because, I mean, that's. That would be a really smart play because, again, it's uh, obviously alternate universes and reality have been explored. I can't think of a movie that right at the top of my head, I can't think of one that like really sticks. But if The Matrix was really like people say it, like it's I say it all the time, like I see The Matrix with fitness. I'm yeah. finally, by the way, through my personal struggles, uh, you know, over the years, stuff like that, I'm finally, I think, seeing The Matrix of social media. Uh-huh. Um. After, you know, rising through it and then bottoming out in it and being a cautionary tale of social media, frankly, um, I, in the beginning of the show, I'm, I'm throwing in uh, someone messaged me on Anchor about the podcast I did with Jeremy Scott, which uh, I'll, I'll, I, there will be a separate part I'll add to the show. But um, where was I going with that? Um, you saw the Matrix of Social media. Oh, yeah. But like through that, like, oh, I, could, I think I understand how to finally play this game. Without without it destroying me as a person, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, so, and it really predicted it the the original Matrix. So to go to alternate realities fascinate me. Like, see Dubs in, in a different world. Like, who, who is he? And how would you, uh, how would you react to it? I, my wife asked me a question once, and it was, "What would you do um, if there was a second you living in your house?" And I'm like, "Oh shit! Like, it, what does it say about me that I'd be worried?" That this guy would be stealing my money and my wife. And my, he'd want me out of his house probably because he'd want all that to himself. Yeah. So um, what, what would that – that opens up a whole new possibility. Um, that could be really cool. Um, and and I'm, I'm hoping it's like the way Creed was for Rocky. They get a whole new fucking franchise they can run with with, with all – you know, 20 years later with all we can do now that we couldn't do back then. Um, yeah. And Trinity looks great. Uh, Keanu fucking always looks great. I mean, yeah, they, they aged phenomenal, phenomenally, you know? Um, I mean, going back to the story of four though, it remember in, in matrix two and three, they introduced that the Neo we were watching 
was the sixth iteration of it. So maybe Matrix Resurrections, maybe it's not Neo, maybe it is the seventh iteration. You know, like, who knows? What, what if you, like, I'm on, like, iteration 10 and you're on, like, eight? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, just, it just, it, I, I love this type of sub, man. We've got about three minutes left before we have to stop recording here. But, like, sure, just, the, you know, th- this is, if you haven't seen these films, you got to check them out. And I love to just let the mind go. How fun is it just to think about the possibilities and um, especially when the, like this, this work, this artwork, which it was, was very predictive. Uh, that first movie was a real game changer. Like, you know, I, people say, I see the Matrix. You know, it's, it's in it, 20 years later, it still makes perfect sense when someone says it. You, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? You can be young or old and you get that. Um, that's rare with film. Am I wrong? No, no, you're absolutely right. You know, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely changed. You know, uh, humanity. I mean, it kind of goes back to that that phrase: "Art imitates life, life imitates art." You know, which one? Which one are we at right now with the Matrix? We got less, a little more than two minutes left here. What do you want to tell the people? As first of all, very sexually attractive. Um, we sent a couple of nudes before we started just to get each other excited a bit. But like, what would you like to leave them with um, quickly remembering the movies or the franchise itself and, and, and give us some hope? Because, again, we're both going in like, eh, I don't know what's going to happen here with this new movie. But um, leave us, as you always do, you're a super positive person, a great, a great person to hang with and have fun with. I wish we could watch the movie together while eating. Uh, it's the best way to do it. But make us hopeful for four to finish us off. I'm definitely optimistic. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a good movie. Um, it's going to be an action film. People always love action, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Keanu always delivers, so he does. He does. You got to give it to him. And are you you getting like I'm going to be able to watch this on HBO Max, or I can go to the theaters? What What are you going to do? And then sell me on which I should do. I am going to go to the theater. Um, there's a couple AMC's next to me, so I'm gonna go there just because. I mean, it's the Matrix, dude. We're t- we're gonna talk about awesome gun battles and fight sequences and visual effects. It's like go see it on a gigantic screen as big as your house. Like, come on. It is great advice. My only concern is like if it's an empty theater, that's also like the worst. Though you know, sometimes sometimes that that could be fun. If it's so, maybe I'm gonna look at it that way. I'm not gonna worry about the crowd. If it's just me and my wife in the theater watching, that's pretty cool too. Yeah. Who, know, who knows what can happen if it's just me and her? It's happened yeah. before, by the way, Chris. Then you could just talk. <laughs> you know, you could but talk but I'm talking like, you know, sometimes some, some great things happen when it's oh. just, yeah. Oh. You never know what's going to be happening. <laughs> you, you, Uncle Baby's always hopeful. Um, this was, I had an absolute pleasure doing this, man. Um, let's look to, you know, let's, let's keep it loose. Maybe we come back in a month and we, we do this for another movie and uh, let's see how it goes because we'll see how people respond to it. I think it was fun. Uh, definitely check out Matrix 4. Support film, man. Film has provided me an escape through very tough times in my life where you can just unplug for a couple hours and go to another world and learn and just have fun, especially with people you care about. So uh, hopefully two buddies talking about film helped you today. I'm going to uh, check out the, the show notes for everything about C-dubs. Love you guys. Peace. Please use this coupon code for podcast listeners only, BabyCast15, for 15% off your next order at manbabycbd.com. That's BabyCast15, one word. Check out the show notes for more details. But I use the tincture before bed for relaxation, help me unwind, get a deep, restful sleep. 
and I apply the salves on sore or tender muscles and joints to help provide a deep anti-inflammatory effect and get me ready for my next workout. I think you really enjoy this. Go to manbabycbd.com, enter babycast15 for 15% off your next order. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Peace.